And welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast. This podcast features the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons staring at the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. I'm your coist. Sorry, it was a misspelling. I'm your co-host. <laughs> Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, uh, which this week, by the way, Noah, is a, uh, a low-cost air carrier with a 40% safety ratio of takeoffs to landings. <laughs> and we pass the savings on to you, the savvy traveler, so you can feel smarter about your decision. Hey, hey, it's not up to us to get you there safely. You, you have freedom of choice. If you want to fly on a 40% safe airline... That's up to you. Whatever happened to personal responsibility, Bill? <laughs> I'm, I am joined, as always, by this man. Okay. Uh, I am Noah Tardo, founder, senior quizmaster of the big quiz thing, the trivia game show spectacular. You know, I, I think I was inspired by when you were telling me a couple of weeks ago uh, about your hellacious uh, trip across the United States. Yes, you, not it, fun, not fun. No, it was yeah. like just thinking about how tic tacking yeah. across the... By the way, did you see any air rage incidents going back to one of our uh, previous topics? I was very curious about I, this. I did not. Well, just so you know, quickly, flying back was effortless, seamless. I had no problem, but I, I flew direct, flying back from New York to San Francisco. But... um. Yeah, it was flying from San Francisco to Boston. I had a supposedly, you know, four-hour layover in L.A. that turned out to be 30 minutes sprinting through the airport. Uh, I did not see air age. I saw air frustration, which is normal, and I was feeling some of it, but I've made some progress personally in recent years of tamping that down. Uh, No, I didn't see air rage, you know. I mean, here's the thing, and we probably talked about it when we saw an episode. Like, it's, it's the very vocal minority who make the news, right? Sure, yeah. 98% of people are still adult about this stuff. Uh, but it's just, you know, that, look, this is America. The, 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 the minority of idiots ruin it for everyone. Right? I know, but I you, only need, you only need 2% to, to make Right, uh, you only need 2% to, to ruin it. And their it. idiocy trickles down, which we're seeing in politics and medicine. There was a, an article today in the New York Times this weekend, um, uh, uh, August 28th, by the way, if you're, if you're keeping score at home. Um, they talked about how you know the flight attendants really are dealing with the psychic uh, damage of this. No, even, my, even if it's two oh, percent, it really makes them feel terrible. And I was oh, sort my of, God. I was one thinking, maniac, like, one maniac ruins the whole flight. I mean, literally, yeah. sometimes they have to That's a, land yeah. the plane because some moron is duct taped to the seat. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I was thinking, like, you know what? I I can't believe I got to do this because I never really considered this before. But um, it almost seems imperative on us, to some degree, to like acknowledge flight attendants for their customer service, even if nothing happens, even if they do a shitty job. It's or I mean, there's no such thing as a shitty job, but it's kind of like I, I would make sure to acknowledge the humanity of flight attendants, just to sort of keep people buoyed <laughs> as good hygiene as as a traveler. It just seems like a decent thing to do. Right. Well, I will say this. I um. I'll take this moment to give a shout out to a good friend of mine, Chris Arnold, who, of course, is the husband of Allison Prouty, who's my um, big quiz thing executive director. One of the nicest guys you will ever know. He's a flight attendant for Delta, and he's just he's easing back into it now. Just such a nice guy. I, I had a I don't want to get into it. I had a bit of a personal tragedy this past week and went out of his way to express his sympathies. And um, I asked him, I said, uh, are you running into you know crazy people who won't wear masks and stuff and he said he's been very fortunate you know he's had a few in in you know recalcitrant people but he's never had to do more than a than a than a than a firm word 
and yeah. that solved the problem. But you know, it's not, he's, not he's one certainly of these things that he starts over into the Tonight uh, the Today right. Show. He, you know, exactly. He's not doubting this is a problem, and he certainly heard tell of it. But um, he's been fortunate; he hasn't had to deal with it. But if you're talking about the humanity of flight attendants, he's a super high quality guy, and he is a flight attendant. So. No, right, speak, Chris Arnold. speaking of danger above the ground. <laughs> yes. Speaking, uh, and, and, and maybe speaking of people who we don't have sympathy for. <laughs> uh, our topic this week uh, is we are getting back to something that Jesus, you know, I thought that this might have been almost one of the most ephemeral topics. And I still can't tell if it is or it isn't. But well, this, we're, 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 we're striking while the iron's hot. I mean, I think if we waited a week, it would be too late for this. I, point, yeah, right? that's the thing. I feel like it, it was almost a one weekend type affair where it seemed like that right. it was wall to wall last weekend and now there's so much so much less of it that i'm like wow maybe this well, thing the, is cool we're in off. the backlash now we're in the backlash. we're in the backlash like what TikTok did. yeah right. that's yeah. true yes yes that's true yeah. yeah so we are describing or talking or in circles around what i believe what is called the milk crate challenge which the milk crate challenge but i will say this if you go to knowyourmeme.com they call it the walking on milk crates challenge or the crate challenge. So they give you two titles, neither of which is the milk. Tr- the one challenge. of them is the one of them is based on Annie Lennox's "Walking on Broken Milk Crates" from 1994. Well, that, yeah, right? walking on walking on broken milk crates. Part of the joke with this is it's not even. Um, I used that song we did an audio around at the big quiz thing of pain, just things that cause pain. That <laughs> anyway, it's a good one. No, but. Yeah, it was fun. We had drop it while it's hot. We had running up that hill by by Kate, Kate Bush. Bush yeah, that. sure. Because it's pain for me. No, uh, I'm off topic. Uh, I think part of the problem here is it's not walking on broken milk crates. It's walking on completely serviceable milk crates, and that's part of the tricky thing. Yeah. Is it's much harder than it looks. Yeah, we, if we, they're broken, I think people would expect the disaster. We're going to describe the physics of this whole thing. But for those of you yes, coming in, so those of you being seated late in our show here, uh, stepping across the aisles of people who got the, had the nerve to be here 15 minutes early, the Milk Crate <laughs> Challenge is a video uh, contest, I guess, if it will, a video challenge that went viral online in, in, in August. So I guess you're talking about... Thus far, about 20-some-odd days of this being a, a real phenomenon at the moment. So this involves stacking the milk crates, which, as you know from your, your, your delicatessens, your supermarkets, your vendors of milk, the, uh, the plastic sort of slatted groove things that you, you, know, you, used to, you stack on top of one another for easy shipping. Uh, these we, used are- to steal, we used to steal them from behind um, supermarkets. Right. Just walking home from school, just grab one for the for, for what purpose? And bring it into your bedroom and put comic books in it. I don't know. I don't know. Because really we were idiots. Because we were 12 and we yeah. thought we were dangerous by stealing a milk. Well, I, I worked at a convenience store in Long Island, which I don't believe exists anymore. It was called Dairy Barn. And one of our big things was um, shitloads of uh, produce of that and, and milk. And so we, you know, I actually slung those things as when they were full, you know, like, what is it? Six half gallons to a crate and then four crates stacked up. That was like hundreds of pounds of stuff we would slide around and stock shelves. So. This actually and, that, part- and that's why you're one of the world's premier uh, competitive strongmen. I got used in, to it. Yes, Spanish. right. Yeah, uh, like yeah. one of those Magnus von Larsen guys from yeah, from you Iceland. and Matt and Bill Katzemeyer, yeah, all of them. Yeah. Bill Scurry, you're, you're part of the team. <laughs> so the uh, the idea here is that you stack the milk crates uh, open side down, slatted side up into I guess what you'd call a, p- a pyramidal shape. Even though it's a, sing- a single file pyramidal shape, so something like a graduated series of up. And a plateau and the same element going down. And the idea is on this extremely precarious situation, your task is to navigate up and down without falling, 
uh, plummeting, plunging, careening, soaring uh, to your death or to your impairment or maiming or injury. Uh, it's very difficult, of course. <laughs> uh, it's harder than it looks. It looks... It does not look as you know. Yeah. It oh, does not look as challenging. But as then, when, but if you really think about it, you parse it in your head, it, it wobbles like a motherfucker. And so, you know, you just have to really look at it and see. So, the participant uh, uh, does these things. Um, you know, the, somewhat someone's videotaping it. Yeah, video sure. well, taping. yeah. If it doesn't recording if it, it on their if phone. If it didn't happen on TikTok, it wasn't real. Uh, so yeah, so whatever you're, 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 hopefully it's the agony of defeat or the victory of victory or whatever the thing is from wild world of sports back in the day, whatever Jim Nance would call this. So this activity has faced uh, criticism as Noah was hinting the backlash to the backlash to the backlash to the backlash. Uh, currently, you know, health professionals are saying this is an unnecessary risk. Of course. I mean, Jesus, when are <laughs> yeah. not young people engaging in unnecessary risk from the days of, uh, American graffiti on upwards. People have always been taking stupid yeah. chances with their health. Um, I, I, I will give a quote here. Lewis Nelson, a doctor and professor at Rutgers, uh, says, quote, This is a high-risk endeavor with very little reward. Some of these people wind up with long-term lasting injuries, and it could be irreversible. Uh, serious back, neck, and rib injuries, to name just a few. And, of course, it's not like the hospitals are desperate for patients throughout the United States at the well, moment. That's, that's, so the, the timing of this is particularly ill-suited. That is a, uh, that's a side note to this. Actually, probably not even a side note. It's like, you know, another reason for doctors and healthcare uh, providers to be upset is that, you know, there, there is no room in, in the emergency rooms for people with rotator cuff tears. And, you know, severe nerve damage and, and these things. Remember, remember, remember Noah, uh, severe nerve damage? It was uh, Harry Shearer. To your upper thighs from one of your defective whoopee cushions. Yeah, severe, Here, read it. You read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's great. I, I read one it. of the yeah, best SNL skits I just think, ever. I can't yeah. think of the line reading. Harry Shearer says, severe nerve damage. And there's sort of like a patrician, yeah. uh, patrician thing. That yeah. He says, yeah. <laughs> you read it. And it's, I know. Uh, it's, Martin, it's my that company. Martin, Why would I know that? Martin Short is, yes. So those who don't Wait, know. Wait, what was the character's one of name? The lesser heralded season. Nathan Thurm. Nathan Thurm. One of the Thurm. lesser heralded seasons of SNL was, uh, I believe it was the... 84, 85 season, Severe the show had been going damage. through a slump. And it's when Lauren Michaels came back and he sort of hired, you know, more people who have been around more. So that was the season of Martin Short and Christopher Guest and Billy Crystal, Harry Shearer. And they did a lot more taped segments. And I, that was the season I really got into it. I would, I mean, I was a kid, but my sister and I would set the VCR. It was more and professional the, this, looking. It was more finished. It was, it was more, more professional. Polished. But, you know, people were saying, oh, they're giving up on the theory of young comedians and all that. I mean, those guys weren't that old. They were probably in their early 30s. But uh, the segment we're talking about was a parody of 60 Minutes, and there's Harry Shearer as Mike Wallace, and basically it was a profile of um, companies that make novelty items, and Martin Short was playing Nathan Thurm, the, the you could find, he, he did this character in other places, an extremely tense lawyer, shady lawyer who's representing Corporate a, a cut-rate yeah. novelty company. <laughs> Uh, it was the same season they did. The more famous one of those was the synchronized swimming. Oh, that um, was um, oh, yeah, that was the same season. Record I'm not, him, I'm not that strong. Not, Short. I forget what that character's name was. Marty Short has that like, was that was Lawrence Orbach. Lawrence Orbach, uh, yes, which he had done on SCTV previously. Yes, that was he was an import. So he did they Lawrence were bringing again. in a lot of that. Anyway, look it up. I, I've seen it online not that long ago. Uh, their profile, Minkman Novelties, Billy Crystal and Christopher Guest are the Minkman brothers, and they talk about the shady companies. And um, yeah, so uh, man, the, the, I can't hear I can't hear nerve damage I without thinking the, of that skinny. <laughs> we're the perfect game. Anyway, so this this is a complete. Yeah. Sorry, guys, we're this, way off topic. Yeah, we way, way off topic. Anyway, so, yeah. so uh, TikTok, 
has helped actually uh, popularize the trend, of course. So why would people do this unless it could be uh, bandied around on TikTok? And then TikTok, of course, kind of like banned it. Uh, they eliminated yeah. search results for the term milk crate challenge you put in there because they said their, their policy, as if anybody has a fucking policy, it says it prohibits content <laughs> that promotes or glorifies dangerous acts. Uh, yeah, anyway, so you, you can go through the list of things that could possibly happen to you. This, this is a, this is a, you, you guys understand what we're talking about here, why this comes up, how this is, we didn't do, I don't think we did Tide Pod Challenge, did we, Noah? We didn't do Cinnamon Challenge. No, you know? but Tide Pod Challenge, my impression is that was more myth than reality, right? That like two idiots did that. And it, and there were, there were panic stories in the news. Your kids are eating Tide Pods, even though they weren't. I think 12 I idiots, like, more than two. I think 12 idiots All right, did it. 12 idiots. Yeah. But but this, again, I think the Milk Crate Challenge is deceptively hard. I think it's a lot harder than it looks. Oh, I think. And, and, it, and it looks pretty goddamn hard. I don't think it looks that hard, to be honest with you. I seriously don't think it looks that hard. And I, I there was an article about this in, in Popular Mechanics that really looked at it from a physics angle. And it was like, how to beat the Milk Crate Challenge? And they said the physics of... You know, milk crates look like they interlock so seamlessly, but they said they're actually very ingeniously designed with this curved lip. So you put two on top of each other, it's pretty safe. You know, one, it's fine. You want to you want to step on one to, to reach a high shelf, have at it. Two, you'll probably be okay. But once you get to six or seven, there's a lot of give, a lot of wobble, especially if you're based on an uneven surface like grass, which most of these challenges are done on, and you're in trouble. And then they go into like why going down is more dangerous than going up, because your back foot isn't on a steady surface because it's higher up. So I think this is deceptively hard. I would I would not guess that the majority of people would fall. But, you know, I got a C in physics in tenth grade. Did, so you, did, don't you, come to me uh, did you watch more videos than you read about it? Like how did you how did you um I watched I, I read six or seven articles. I watched a, a, a few news features, the one with the kid, the seventeen year old kid who has a broken arm, and they said, Was it worth it? And he went Oh, absolutely not. No way. But I did get 600 new Instagram followers within the first hour. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Which is part oh. of the problem, right? Uh, and then I watched a bunch of videos. I mean, I don't know. This is probably overstated. I, I, every article showed the same two or three videos. But there are a lot out there. There's a woman in four-inch heels who succeeded. There's the guy succeeding while rolling a blunt. But both of them did what popular mechanics says you have to do, which is go slow and steady. Yeah. And it's the people who rush up or rush down. And and these spills are scary. People they are, they are horrific people violence, yes. Back first on a pile of crates. I mean, there's the one of the guy tumbling forward, landing on his head. Like this is some scary stuff. Um I get so what do I know if I'm waking up, I get this stuff. I don't even have to climb up. I know. Well, that's the thing. And I was telling my nephews, I'm doing this. Like, are you going to try it? I'm like, no. And he's like, they're like, is Bill going to try it? No. Why not? I'm like, because I'm 46. Because I'm not, I have enough pain walking upstairs. Like, I'm not going to, why would I do this to myself? I already have severe nerve damage. To my upper thighs from sitting on one of your defective whoopee cushions. Um, Yeah, I, no. So, it's just kind of two topics here. There's watching these videos and enjoying them. You know, oh, the, oh, look at these idiots hurting themselves. And there's actually doing it. So, in terms of doing it, this is, like we said, this is unbelievably stupid. Um, you know, I know why people are doing it. We'll get to that. But part of the reason it's stupid is, I don't know. It's deceptively hard. Because it actually seems pretty simple. 
So like if you see someone successfully doing it, it's only impressive if you know it's hard. Like it's not like watching someone do some kind of amazing acrobatic feat. I'm I'm trying to think or let's look at some viral trends like whacking or 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 flossing, the things that are actually like impressive to watch, like there's some visual appeal to it. Walking up a stack of milk crates just looks like, you know, who cares, right? So fine, you did something that's difficult, but there's no visual or visceral thrill to watching it. So I don't know. I, I think the thrill here to watching it is is the agony. People get hurt. It's the agony. Yeah. yeah. And then of course, knowing that the risk of injury is fairly high, why would you do that? And especially with hospitals overloaded in too many parts of the country. I mean, not every part of the country, the stupid parts of the country. I was talking about this with my parents the other day because um, they survived COVID and they're vaccinated, but they're you know they're in their mid to late seventies, and they uh, they live most of the year in Arizona and they're going back soon. And Arizona was overrun. The hospitals were overrun, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic. Fortunately, when they got COVID, they were very, they were even earlier than that. So they got good care. And they said they're going back. And I said to my dad, I said, you know, what are the hospitals like there? He's like, well, they're not bad, but of course we're vaccinated. I'm like, no, I don't care about you getting COVID again. I care about you having a heart attack, getting in a car accident, yeah. right? Like, anything, anything. This is part of the problem. It's not just COVID. It's that, oh, well, you got hurt. Sorry, the beds are full, right? Um, But, you know. What about the trend here of watching the videos? Not just doing it, but watching. You know, it is not new to watch people hurt, not really hurt themselves or make fools of themselves. I'm reminded of dunking booths at a carnival, right? I used to say, half facetiously, that dunking booths are the single, is the acme of comedy. I don't think I have seen someone fall in a dunking booth and not laughed ever in my life. I laughed every time uh one of the funniest things i could think of is someone in a clown suit getting dunked in a dunking booth i was in a dunking booth once when i was a camp counselor and even though i fell in like in hindsight i can't stop laughing sitting on the dunking booth and saying like making fun of the kids throwing baseballs trying to knock me in and i hear them write hey noah and i turn and it's the girl i had a huge crush on three years earlier when i was a, a cit at the camp first time i saw her in three years and i saw her and i was shocked my eyes go wide oh my god this girl i'd still have a crush on three years later and all of a sudden boom i fall in thinking of that i can't stop laughing That's pretty funny it makes me laugh admit. exactly dunking boots there's just something primal i think they're funny but that's outside having fun on a summer night you never get hurt in a dunking boots it's, you get wet it's a controlled descent yourself, it's a different thing but you don't get a hurt no one gets hurt and i was a kid back then too but but this doesn't have the boom, falling in, getting wet thing. I mean, there's like a germ of humor there that I don't see to someone like falling and tumbling. And yeah, there could be humor to someone falling on their fucking face. But like, I don't know. Maybe it's COVID. Maybe it's the way the world is. But it just pain for people just isn't as funny anymore. And even that with people falling, it's all the same. Every fall, whether they land on their face or their back, it just, it all seems the same to me. So... It's highly, highly limited. I don't see the humor value of watching it very much. I certainly don't see the, the value of doing it. This is bad. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, bad. Sure, of course, yeah. And stupid. I didn't think you were going to like I hope it's ephemeral. I mean, I hope a week from now it is too late to do this. I hope this is just bloop, just a little blip and it's gone and idiots stop hurting themselves, and people stop watching it, and they move on to something that actually is funny. Did, did you read but, about uh, the frozen honey challenge from a couple of weeks back? Remember that whole thing? 
the frozen honey challenge yeah yes yeah. so even the new york Fucking times internet every week there's something there. new york right, times what is the article frozen? i don't know about that well so. you know what you do is you put a bottle of honey in the freezer and the thing is honey can't necessarily freeze honey becomes extremely solid almost like um I don't know, caramel or something like that. So the thing is, people would then uh, decant out, squeeze out a portion of honey, cut it, and you'd have this nugget of honey, and you would eat it. And I, you know, I could not tell you why somebody thought of this, but I guess the whole point was that it was tough. Is that dangerous? You choke on it? Well, it's not that it's dangerous it chokes on it, but it's like apparently what was happening is that people, without getting too graphic, apparently, it really, really, really upset your digestive system. Um, (laughs) The idea of frozen honey and then when it thaws and that block of honey in a concentrated blast is it it upsets your gut biome in ways that you're not supposed to have. Among other, it it might not, but it it does in a lot of people's cases. So people would have this incredible, uh, what would you say, explosive decompression after it and i mean who knows why they i think that just was like happened afterwards that wasn't the reason why they started doing it It was just an arbitrary trend just like anything else i mean that actually if i didn't know about the stomach thing i'd say like well that sounds like that might be good that might be actually it sounds yeah i was treats. actually kind of yeah. like wow i love honey why, if you like honey yeah, why not eat it in a different form yeah but i mean if it's how is this a tr- people making videos of themselves I, I, sitting yeah, on the I toilet? Know, What's I going on here? I, I don't uh, know. Uh, you know, I, 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 I that's what we've been reduced to as a culture. Everything you said was correct. Here's the thing, you know, yeah. what what um what really struck me actually the first thing that struck me is that all of these videos I was watching and do you realize this was like ninety nine point nine percent black people doing this? Yeah, I well, I was gonna get to that. Yeah. I, I wonder if I mean the kid they interviewed on TV who broke his arm was like a suburban white kid, but Almost all these videos are people who let me let me put it this way they're not they're not visiting the club with with uh, Biff and Buffy and playing playing rackets generally not uh, yeah I, yeah they're I, they're I, I I'm not gonna say they're I mean inner city is a dated term ah uh, yeah it's, they look, they're just yeah. younger black people I I, I got yeah. these two quotes because I I did I Google this to see what's the deal it's like this isn't just my um, you know uh, Caucasian impermeacity looking at this but. So I, I looked at this one website called Black Wall Street Times. Um, the quote I got from them was that, I'm not sure who made up the challenge or where it first originated, but last week videos started popping up of black people. This is obviously a, a black run, black written website, uh, not not white people. The videos popping up of black people trying to walk up and down a mountain of milk crates without using their hands. The videos were accompanied by the hashtag Hood, Olymp- hashtag Hood Olympics. And it was another example of black creativity going viral, just like many, and this is true as we know in this show, many of the popular viral TikTok dances versus. Uh, come on, is this is this creativity? This is black creativity? I did not break. write this. I did not write this. And I know. There's, then right. there was a I just, woman, this is even more interesting, a woman named Renee Gosleen, who's an MIT, uh, uh, MIT researcher. She says, this is really where it comes in with black Twitter, black TikTok, and other social media forms where these culture creators and black users of these platforms have given a tremendous amount of expression, a tremendous amount of value in creating cultural shifts and using it as a means of expression, which, of course, we are talking about people tumbling off of milk crates. But I think she was describing the phenomenon of how these are largely black driven phenomena, which, you know, I think is is it is really interesting that uh, I'm not saying people didn't do this, of course. But they're saying it started with black people, and this is another example of black people start culture and white people pick up on it. I think so. Something like something. I, like I mean, that, yeah. I think that's. There's a thousand examples where I think that's true, starting with rock and roll, you know. But I think the milk crate challenge has got to be number eight billion on that list in terms of creative value. 
No, the racial issue, as I saw it, was is this people laughing at the stupid black people? Is what I'm afraid. Well, that's always a danger. Look, look at these dumb, poor black people making you know being dumb, and they deserve being poor, and they deserve when police beat them up. I mean, I'm 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 getting to histrionics here, but like this is what I'm afraid is fueling some of the joy of watching joy, some of the. The appeal for some people Freud, watching yeah, sure. it. Hey yo, hey yo, everybody, Mike said he going up there rolling up a blunt. He said he, he too comfortable. He too comfortable. Ooh. 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 So Bill, I mean, we as always, we've, we've gotten that already, but, uh, you know, this is burning bright for the moment. I mean, maybe TikTok banning it. Although the thing I read on Know Your Meme says it started, the original videos, the, this guy Billy Joe showed a really, a video with a real bad tumble started on Facebook. But I guess it really caught fire on TikTok. Uh, so why? Why is this caught on? Why is it so big that we not only feel it's worth talking about, but it was kind of unavoidable this week? Yeah, <laughs> unavoidable, like like lawyers' death and taxes. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's virality, and we can never quite presage what shape virality is going to take. Um, it's just that's why it's viral. Uh, who the hell knows? We can't really steer into it. We could just sort of chase after a little bit. And do, viral lottery. Viral we can lottery. do 40, forty-eight minute podcasts based on whatever bullshit wins the viral viral lottery. But it's like you know, people want to uh, play the game, the real time social media game, using uh, virality as your as your chessboard. Um, I mean that that's part of it. But it, my my mind also goes to the, these other things, right? It's like this this is a distract. Like this was. They've all been really bad weeks. This was a pretty bad week. <laughs> uh, you got a lot of bad news, you know, between what happened in, in Kabul and then on top of that, how bad many of the state's uh, emergency rooms and, and, and you know, the, met- the declining breakthroughs with breakthrough infections and also just regular ass infections of unvaccinated people and then the noise those things are making uh like, and it turns out the horse dewormer didn't work it didn't who would have thought that? ivermectin, ivermectin I, yeah. I i thought that was the key to everything i mean people are it's it's counter programming it's just it, it's it's um it's not always this desperate for sure um i you know i, I could almost say why is it popular it's popular inverse to i think the pain people feel afterwards you know, I know that it's it's. I haven't seen a lot of fifty-one-year-old guys doing this. It is mostly people who are between teens and early twenties doing it. And I mean, I get this. There must be a sense of invulnerability and a sense of like, well, no matter what the worst thing is that happens to me, I'll get up and I'll be bruised, but I'll get back to hundred percent right after it. So there's no real cost from doing that. And it's like, well, you know, motherfuckers' arms have been like ripped out of the rotator cuff. It's like, granted, that's not everybody, but it's like it's it's bad enough to cause TBI. If you land on hard packed dirt or something like that, I mean, it's popular inverse to the cost of, of the danger. I'm sure, like you said, anybody who falls off the goddamn thing, if you say you put a microphone in their face, was it worth it? They would say, oh, God, no, I feel like my body's cut in half because I landed on the corner of a milk crate and it's, sp- you know, it spread my ribs for a minute. And it's like, this is oh, horrible, God, horrible just pain. Saying that is causing me. Pain. Yeah, it is. If it's horrible pain. <laughs> I mean, I just think it's, it's popular because it is a loud distraction from awful news. But it also is the thing of like, it's the sh- who who could who knows what shape the distraction takes. And it's going to be so random. Is it going to be what is it shanty talk? It's like why the hell was that a distraction for? for yeah, well, but that no, that was creative. It was creative, I but mean, it was still it, it wasn't was, my thing. But I give that it was interesting and creative. And it, but it was on. it was still I could never in a million years 
swerved right when that was coming to say, oh, this is going to be the next thing. I'd buy futures no. and shanty talk. Right. You know, you have no idea what's coming. <laughs> All the big shanty talk is big, yeah, uh, big, in, get on the ground floor with that. Big Steve door. Yeah. Big Steve door. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, you're right. It's because the world's coming to an end and we're bored and we're seeking distraction. And there's that germ of physical comedy. I mean, that is not new. I still remember watching, um, I guess it was MTV 20 years ago, and they had like the countdown of the 20 funniest videos of all time. And first of all, I remember two things about it. One, it was hosted by Adam Sandler. And oh my God, he was he must have been depressed, but he's like, hey, welcome. Like he was not making one joke. And I'm like, this guy saw, like, I don't know, I have mixed feelings about Adam Sandler, but they hired, hey, he's a funny guy, and he just wasn't trying. Like, MTV should have, like, asked for their money back. Uh, but one of the videos they showed was, I don't remember the name of the band, but some hardcore band had a song called Scrape, and the entire video is just people wiping out in skateboarding stunts. Oh, man. And I remember going, like, it's really sad you consider this one of the funniest videos. Uh, but that's an old thing, and... Um, I mean, but in terms of why, I'm really not sure there's not enough here. If there was more variation in people getting hurt, if people were doing more interesting things with the, like, uh, you know, rolling the blunt and the high heels, I guess that's a little interesting. Like, I remember watching some old um, Japanese game shows, not really old, 20 years ago, and they show a lot of people getting hurt, falling off bridges. They have weird physical challenges on that. And those are clever. Like, And that, that, the that physical... doesn't result in injury, generally. Well, I think maybe they do. Those those shows are notoriously brutal on the on the guests. But like watching a guy in a hot dog suit walking across a rickety bridge. I mean, there was cleverness. Is it Friday night that. already? Right. There's 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 originality and cleverness in the challenges. There's nothing here. Milk crates aren't even interesting to look at, and just they all look the same. It's some, you know, it's some black guy in a baseball team hat, you know, walking up a a, a crate of milk. A, a, a pile of milk crates in a park while his friends putting videos are going oh dog you know they're all the same yeah yeah so i don't really see the appeal of this i mean other than we're bored and it's a distraction but again it's it's burning bright it's burning fast like this emerged two weeks ago and it'll be gone a week from now i hope but as with all things when when the guy who did the first one wins the Mark Twain humor prize. You did it faster in the heels. Noah, uh, as an easily injured child, would you have enjoyed this much more if you were younger? Uh yeah, I think I would have. Uh I think I would have I mean again, burning burning bright, burning quickly. I think for a couple weeks we would have gone, Oh, that's funny. Because I didn't have as much sympathy. Uh I might have even tried it. I mean, I wouldn't have stacked the milk. Where do people get these milk crates? They just steal them from. Apparently, well, that's also another problem: is that it has there's been a theft of milk crates for this challenge. Not, I mean, I don't know. That's not really a. That's not like a run on a national supply, but apparently, it is a problem. I, I did read one person who said they bought them. Yeah, we bought them for like three dollars a piece on Facebook Marketplace. So basically, I spent hundred fifty dollars to break my arm. God, it's like, so stupid. People, people need hobbies, uh, but. I think I wouldn't have gone out and stolen the milk crates in that volume. I wouldn't have bought them. But I think if a friend had stacked them in the backyard, I would have tried it. Because I would have thought, oh, this can't be too hard. I would have thought I was invincible. And worse, you know, I was always desperate for attention. This is my way of getting attention, getting 600 new followers, getting people to think, wow, maybe Noah isn't this little physical wimp. He's a star of some kind. Yeah. Um, 
Yet another reason why I'm glad the internet didn't exist when I was a kid. No, the there's a yield it. here. There's because, definitely a yield. Because, because I would have been so, as desperate as I was for attention back then, I would have been doing more stupid, at best time-wasting, at worst dangerous things to get attention, to get love, to get my YouTube thing going. You know, oh my God, thank fucking God we didn't have access to the internet when we were kids. No, it's true. So, yeah, yeah I would have watched more of these. And I might have even tried it. So. Oh, man, <clears throat> I, I am so, as an adult, but as, as a kid even more so, I am so hesitant about pain and, and danger. <laughs> There's no way that I would have uh, tried this. I wouldn't have enjoyed watching it anymore. It's like I really didn't even enjoy watching this now. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm patently risk-averse. That's, that's just been me. And I'll tell you, when we're kids, I always wondered this. When I would see a kid in a cast... Or some weird shit, you know, like they'd blow their knee out doing something. Even if it was just field hockey or, or, or soccer at a Long Island club somewhere. I saw kids with these injuries, and which always seemed like very, like, I mean, it's as big as you can get. Break an arm bone, break a humerus or something like that uh, when you're a kid. And, you know, it's like all of a sudden it's it, it's life-changing to a 13-year-old. I mean, it's, it's pain, it's discomfort, it's it, in some cases disfigurement, depending on how it goes. And I always wondered... What are you doing that this is a potential risk? Like you're engaging in something that you could break. Like some of my friends actually got elbows in the nose playing basketball. I wasn't there for it, but they said they reported I broke my nose just playing a game of pickup in a driveway somewhere, you know, on asphalt, bouncing the ball around. And I'm like, first of all, I cannot play basketball. I, I can't move around. I can't cover the court. I can't shoot. And it's like, and on top of that, you also get to break your nose doing all this stuff too. You know, yeah, kids yeah. would go skiing and it's like all those kids who were certainly better off than we were, but it's like their parents would take like Sugar Bush or someplace in Vermont or maybe even Hunter Mountain. And it's like kids would get they would fuck up their ankles and their knees skiing. And it's like, why would you do something that you could just well, like... Uh, ski, skiing was the one sport I loved, so... <laughs> Maybe yeah. so. Whatever. I never tried it once. I had never even been anywhere yeah, near a ski fun. slope, and it just it, it's just like wow. I can't believe kids are courting so much danger. So no, I would not have. But liked it's this not thing. about courting danger. I don't know. There's a thrill to it. But this is my point. The milk crate challenge is for what? Skiing seems to be for something. Basketball. I don't like basketball. Seems to be for something. Milk crate challenge is for nothing but attention. Oh Is the milk crate challenge? A harbinger of El Apocalypto. Oh, man. See, this is that thing where is if there's an apocalypse happening at the same time as some, if it's a concurrent apocalypse, does this make it something that happens during the apocalypse or a sign or, you know, a harbinger of the is apocalypse? It a, is it a sign or is it a symptom? Yeah, I, I think this is a symptom of the apocalypse. Let's put it this way. My notes here said, you know, it's, it's a temporary stupidity, much like phone booth stuffing was, Noah. Yeah. Like 50 or In 60 the 50s, years sure. ago. Sure. Uh, our Tide Pods were last week. You know what I'm saying? It's this, like, this is the same dumb stunt shit that young people like to do in front of a lens they think you know might engender some sort of connection. But at the same time, you know, it's like you do have to mention the fact that the message that people are getting, I mean, as adults, I think this is loud and clear to us. We only hear the message that right now public health is valueless. It's worthless. I mean, as much as that just is not true among many places... I can't help but be very depressed in thinking that our public health is being diminished by by by, by bad actors in many, yep. many places. 
Absolutely. And, and so if, if you're if you if you're being told like when what was it um, the lieutenant governor in uh, Texas was saying something about you know we we can't sit here and hang society on every seventy year old's life we got to get back to work. You know, and whatever's going on right now in Florida and these not places, seventy-year-old lives. It's yeah, I mean, no, that's true. Lives. But I'm saying it's so like they're saying human human life isn't worth more than uh, being able to go to a Chili's, you know, on, on on Saturday afternoon. And I mean, people hear this, and if if you're 14 years old, it sounds different than it does to us. And it's like I know that I can't not hear this. Like you know, the 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 weakest. And the most vulnerable must be pushed onto the ice flow and left to die on a mountainside as they would in, you know, a feudal Japan, you know, when you get to a certain age. But and it's it, not just the weakest and the most vulnerable. It's 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 everyone but me. Right, right. Everyone but me. But it's like people. it winds up being you where it's like, well, how how is how are you supposed to have any register for your safety or the safety of other people if they just wind up becoming like non-player characters? If everyone else is just sprites on a screen where, you know, you run them over in Grand Theft Auto and they don't feel anything and it's like well maybe you don't either maybe your your life your safety maybe you really are made of bendy rubber you know one of those rubbery toys that has the wireframe inside of it you can like stretch goofy into different poses i don't know i mean that, that that's the apocalypse part is that I, I mean in american society we've had a lot of disregard for for the human corpus believe me there, there was an old west there was a manifest destiny there were a lot of things along the way that sent life uh, expectancy plunging in america not just over the world and, you know, mortality rates went down. Uh, you know, the life, life would say the mortality rate, or not the mortality rate, but the lifespan went down over this. And mortality rates went up. Mortality rates yes. went up. Exactly. Thank you. Yep. Um, and so it's like, how are people not supposed to feel like maybe, you know, they're inside of a simulation? Maybe that nothing matters to anything. You know, hey, make me into one of those posable plastic bodies that we go and see at the, at the, the bodies exhibit. Can I be that too? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, if the world's coming to an end for a lot of reasons, like, why not? You know, what do I have to lose? Life is worthless. I mean, that's depressing. Yeah, no, you mentioned the phone booth stuffing. I was reminded, like, we've had dangerous stunts for a long time, especially in dark times. Like, I'm well, in the 20s, which was considered a golden age, we had, I, I thought of a flagpole sitting. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which right. was a very stupid, very dangerous stunt. Very Harvey Danger, and then, yeah. Yes, yes, they invented it. Uh uh, I was just karaoke last week and someone sang that. Uh, uh, but during the Depression, we had dance marathons. You know about dance marathons? Yeah, that's that They Shoot Horses, Don't They thing. They shoot yeah. hor- The movie They Shoot Horses, Don't They was about it. These people who would literally, as couples, be dancing on the floor, you know, not sitting down for days. Masochism, days. masochism, yeah. And they would fall asleep in each other's arms and people would, I don't know if people die, but they would be hospitalized. Like, ostensibly for like the $20 prize, you know, during the depression, which was considered a, a king's ransom or something, you know, fuck it. We're all going to die. Might as well dance, dance away the heartache as, uh, as Brian Ferry said. Uh, but this is worse because social media makes it spread more. It makes it so that every two weeks there's a new thing. It's not, you know, the book about the 2020s or the 21st century there's just going to be too many of these things for there to be a chapter about dance marathon about about this because for there's 50 dance marathons not one uh also it spreads so more people do it it's not just a few people who get press um and then also you know the internet makes it that self-marketing is king so like i said if i was a kid i would feel this 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 inexorable uh push to get my name this out is, there, this is part of your pitch famous deck. on some yeah. level right 
And things like this make us, you know, they further making us cold, further making us cold, hard, laughing at people hurting themselves. I don't know if the racial element is really true, but you know, dumb poor people, why should I have sympathy for them? Because this is what they're doing. I'm sure there's some idiot going out there like, oh, why should I, why should, Black Lives Matters? Well, why don't you talk to these idiots who are, who are walking up and down crates and hurting themselves? They don't think their own lives matters. So why should I have sympathy for them? I guarantee you there's some idiot out there saying that right now. Um, plus, of course, as we always say, the usual degra the fact that this passes for comedy and it's so you know, uninteresting, right? Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, I know Shanty Talk wasn't comedy, but at least it was interesting and original. And the fact that this is considered entertainment really is a sign of, of, of creativity and art really tumbling down a cliff. Look, again, that's if this wins the Mark Twain Prize. If it comes and goes very quickly as we expect it will, it, it can be ignored on that level. Amber, I think you could do it. That is exactly how I feel. All the other people trying this challenge are dummies. But not you. Not me. You can do it. I can do it. You cannot do it. No, let's uh, go into our last few segments here. Tell me about jealousy. Uh-huh. Uh, the, 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 the fit, the peaks of jealousy. Um, is there any aspect of envy over people, uh, over emergency room techs who are having to force <laughs> people's arms back not into them. the shoulder? Not, not them. No. Uh, the people doing it. I mean, I'm not jealous of them all. I, well, I'm jealous of youth. You know, yeah. I'm jealous of the feeling that I could do this and, and spring right back because I think that's entirely possible. Uh, or living in an era where, you know, I don't need to worry about when I was a kid, I don't need to worry about paying for health insurance or certainly whether the hospitals are full. Uh, I would have been more fearless about it in my teens or 20s. But the way my body is now, just the thought of it fills me with terror. No. So that's the only Your element. body looks that's like chitty, chitty, bang, bang at this point. Believe me, I've seen it. <laughs> I am a fine four-fendered friend. It's <laughs> uh, the one line I remember. All right, what about you? Uh, at all? No, not at all. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not. I think that you know, it's funny you mentioned the thing about self-marketing and how self-marketing is king, and it, it's it's so grim that you just seize on that at the very end, and it's like, oh my god, maybe that is the key to so many things that are that are horrifying. Sure, that anything absolutely. is worth anything is worth any debasement is kind of worth it if you think I can get another 600 followers on Insta, you know. But but I mean no because I I don't think I would have had these things built into it. I didn't have any expertise. I didn't have to market myself. I didn't necessarily see. That. I've only seen the value of it relatively recently. I think in terms of like, well, this is what a follower means and who it might be and how it might make me feel better in my life. But I think really, I mean, I can't be jealous of broken bones. I can't be jealous of rotator cuff tears. <laughs> fucking you know Jeez. these these deep thrombosis. These fucking like these scarlet purple rib cages that these people lift their shirts and show what it looks like four days later. And it's like, oh my god. You know, it's like watching the pie eating contest and stand by me. It's like, you know, I like pie, but it's like how this is where it ends. It doesn't go anywhere beyond this. It's it's such a it's such a burlesque a horror of the human condition that we put our bodies through this. I mean, it's like next week it's gonna be the Hieronymus Bosch challenge where we gotta like sprint through the Garden of Good and Evil, you know? Is that what it no, the Garden of Earthly Delights, that's what it's called. Garden of Earthly Delights. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> wow, that came from nowhere. Uh so where would this be on the forlornian scale if we were to place this on the xyz cartesian access a uh, cartesian uh cartesian not access cartesian coordinates plot, yeah the plots coordinates whatever on, on my the, math skills are gone the nathan thermian yeah. scale yeah nathan thermian <laughs> scale. Well, it's my company i know that i live in the is th- it me it's him in the, you're the one being defensive i'm not being defensive you're being defensive. i live in the thermian basin that's where i'm from the I, thermian uh, basin so comparing this to previous topics 
where does this fall in your mind? I thought it was a pretty simple through line, you know, because there's just not a lot of moving, other than the fact that there's probably, what, uh, 21 crates. I was going to say there's no moving parts and there's very swinging and wildly oscillating parts, but it's a pretty simple thing. Uh, and you mentioned you mentioned some of the dance crazes that we did, the, the viral crazes, you know, so I did think of one that you did not mention. So I thought this was like doing the shoot while mm. while vaping something very hazardous. So you have the potential of doing something that is this virality. You're playing the game with other people. Um, you know, it's some sort of skill that you're exercising online, perhaps. It's going to be short-lived. And at the same time, you're also destroying a major organ in doing so. So I thought <laughs> that this had a lot to do with both of those things concurrently. Uh, okay. Uh, I believe it is 49 crates in the standard formation. Okay, 49 crates. Of seven at the apex. Um if if uh, if my um, factorial math knowledge holds true, so here's where I put this. I, I I started with something violent, dangerous that perhaps is for no reason, which is UFC MMA. Yeah, sure. But you know, a lot more professional. So let's divide it by something that is more stupid, uh, which is cup stacking. So yeah. UFC MMA divided by cup stacking. But then, since this is so low tech and low professional, I had to multiply it by Kabi Lame. Wow, right? yeah, Who, yeah. While not nearly as bad and not nearly as stupid, just very simple and like... Once again, I think your, your homework, your your academic, yeah, your, your I'm, white I'm, paper kind of puts me, puts me to you, shame. Dude, I'll tell you, I never liked math, but I was good at math. I got A's in math almost all the time. I just never saw the point of it. And part, and this is part of the reason why I thought I, I was a copy editor for years. I thought I had a good skill for that because I said, this is math with words. Yeah, so it was that's true. But also, so anyway, UFC slash MMA divided by cup stacking multiplied by copy lamb. I think all yeah. the uh, all the engineers that you employ at the Tarno Institute who actually do, yeah, the who do, the, right. who do, they do the background work, right, this think right. tank, I think are incredibly, right. uh, what a great resource exactly. you've assembled. Exactly. Well, the, you know, the big quiz thing is the only trivia company with 17 uh, MIT graduated PhD physicists on staff full time. Yeah. So four yeah. there's four JDs, three MSs, yeah. uh, yes. a poet laureate. You, you know, so you like to have yeah. a, a you know. Yeah. You can you cannot run a trivia company without um, you know uh, at least seventeen people with PhDs in various disciplines. It's and, really impossible. And one health inspector to make sure that it's below one the health. level of rat feces that uh, you right. would get a, a certification. Jesus. Bill, bring us home. All right, I'm going to bring us home. Uh, everybody, if you'd like to find past episodes of the show, which we're, um, I think this is 190 or 191. We are closing uh, in on 200, I think right? we're beyond that. Uh, let me, we are definitely closing in on 200. 200. This is topic, what are we going to do for 200? Uh, prob- Super probably, spectacular. Uh, you know, eat Tide Pods while falling from a great height somewhere. That'll be old news by then. It'll be, be some new it'll be, stupid challenge. It'll be the rope neck challenge that week, you know? This is 193. 193, guys. So, yeah, 200 yeah. we're getting in there. So, yeah, anyway, you yeah. can find the rest of these uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Show. Write to us, noandbilldon'tgetit at gmail.com. Give us a review on the aggregators. I am on Twitter. Goofing off. Having fun. Saying pithy things uh, at Liam Scurry on Twitter. My YouTube, uh, my videos, uh, video essays and whatnot about f- film topics, uh, goof em, goof em ups and make em ups and things like that are on YouTube at youtube.com slash amcaesar. And now this guy's going to start talking. Uh, I am the founder and senior quiz master of the Big Quiz Thing, America's premier provider of corporate and private trivia events. Moving into the fall right now, things getting busy after. Uh, the summer doldrums and uh we have you know 
move back carefully into in-person events. We're doing some in-person Live events. events? You move back into doing live events? Stop that. You know I hate that. Yes, I do. They're all live events. The virtual events are live events. I hate when people say in-person events are live events. They're all live events. Virtual and in-person. Thank you. You did that to annoy me. I sort of, yeah. Actually, I did. Yeah, it's sure. Uh, anyway, so yeah, moving back to in-person events, but virtual isn't going anywhere. And uh, stay tuned. We've got some news coming up soon about, uh, you know, we, we, we do private and corporate, but got some news coming up about some public opportunities to see the big quiz thing. So I'll be announcing that uh, hopefully very soon. And you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and um, follow me on Twitter at Noah Tarno, bigquizthing.com. All right, everybody, as we march to episode 200, please never forget, we, we don't, don't get, get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2021.